0: matt mccall joining the show now former head basketball coach at umass excuse me in chattanooga and also national championship winning assistant with billy donovan at his alma mater the florida gators matt what's up how you doing
1: what's going on man i appreciate you having me back on
0: hey, it is my pleasure every single time we get to have you on talk some college hoops uh i love talking to me some some college basketball and nba and we'll get to the nba and the pelicans and how good they've been looking here in just a little bit. But I want to start with uh, the Florida Gators. Uh, A tough loss to number 5, now number 3 UConn, a team that looked very, very good. Um, Looking at the overall premise of this game, though, was this one of those that, and I don't know if Todd Golden, if this was already really on the schedule before Todd Golden came in or if this is something he planned himself, is this one of those games that, is more of a measuring stick for the Gators to see where you're at compared to a team like UConn, who is number five in the country at that point, you know, a team that's capable of being top five, top three.
1: Well, I think last week we talked about it a little bit, right? Uh, You know, in terms of like leading up to the game and how good UConn is. Uh, You know, Danny Hurley and just his poise on the sidelines, Uh, is very reminiscent of when he was at Rhode Island the first year that I entered the league at UMass. He knew his team was really good, and he didn't have to try to will his team to victory. So I think for Gator fans, I, I think, you know, that team was really, really good. So I think you have to put that into context in terms of just how good UConn is. But I think the game was scheduled way in advance uh, before Coach Golden got there. But it was a good test, and you know we're inching towards league play come January. We're inching towards you know the SEC and uh, league play. And hey, this is where we're at. This is this is our body of work, and these are the areas that we have to get better in. But man, I I think when you look at all the teams in college basketball. Who's the best team in the country right now? You could talk about Purdue. You could put UConn right there next to them, just because of their body of work, and they went out to the PK80 out in Portland and what they did. So, um, you know, I, you know, I think that as Florida goes here, they get a big game tomorrow in Tampa versus Ohio U, uh, which will be another test. But they're just trying to continue to learn and grow but that was a big test for them but you know give credit to UConn because I think they're one of the best teams in the country
0: how do they rebound from that loss against Ohio and Oklahoma as you said right before they jump on into SEC play here and and really get into the new year and that push for March
1: well I think you know they've had a week off essentially since that last game they're going to play Ohio U tomorrow in Tampa Um, we'll see how they respond in that game it's not in their home gym um, down in Tampa, I, I would assume it, being in Tampa, there'll be a lot of Gator fans in the stands. So, um, I, you know, I think if you're Coach Golden, hey, we got to get healthy. Well, Kyle Lofton's kind of been in, in and out of the lineup a little bit. How can we get Castleton going? What are the things we got to do to get him going? Um, but I want to see how my re- my team responds. You know, like can we be resilient? You know, after you know what happened versus UConn and. Uh, man, we got to go out here and perform and and grow and get better because, like I said, SEC plays right around the corner.
0: ACC play is is around the corner as well for Florida State. Uh, Again, Matt McCall joining the show, former UMass and Chattanooga head coach, also national champion in his time as a Florida Gators assistant. Um, Matt, FSU gets a a big win over Louisville. Now, uh, how big it was, it's more just due to the Game score rather than uh, the quality of opponent the Knolls played. Of course, the Knolls have been going through some ups and downs themselves, but and, and with a couple more games left to go without Baba Miller, what do the Knolls need to to really gain some more momentum? So by the time Baba comes into the lineup and he's inserted in there, that that they'll be on, on the right track of things as opposed to uh, really struggling up until that win over Louisville.
1: Well, I think like winning is hard. It's hard to win games, and Coach Hamilton is a terrific coach. He's won a million games in his career. Um, you know, they have obviously been dealt with a difficult hand. Uh, the win over Louisville was big. I know Louisville's struggling, but, you know, even to get off on the right foot there in terms of ACC play, uh, they've got to get healthy. They've got to get Bobby Miller in the lineup. Um, and then let's see what happens, right? Uh, I mean, Early along the season, you go into a a season and it's hey, we have these players in the lineup, we have this guy, and then all of a sudden you get Delta a hey, hand. It's like, how do you adjust? How can we adjust? And coaches are always constantly trying to figure that out. So, um, I think it's an it's an interesting time for Florida State. I thought the, the win over Louisville was big, even though I know Louisville was really struggling, uh, it is really struggling, um, but I, I still think it's it's really early and. You know, Florida State's just got to try to continue to get better.
0: Matt McCall joining the Sports Drive now. Um, A really big win for the Alabama Crimson Tide over Houston. The Tide now inside the top five themselves. I think this is really, and, and I'll get to more of it probably after you answer the question, but it seems like there may not be a team that you can point to and say directly, yeah, this team is clearly the best team in the country, are there a lot of really good teams that are all vying for that number one spot? Or do you think, Matt, that you can pinpoint to one team in particular, whether it be Houston or Purdue or Alabama even, that you can say, yeah, this is the best team in the country? Or is there really not a best team? There's just a lot of really good ones.
1: Well, first of all, that was a heck of a win for Alabama. Even if anybody like tuned in and watched the game, how the game was going in the first half, you gotta, you got to think about this. Going into the game, Alabama was ninth in the country in scoring. Ninth in the country in scoring, averaging over 80 points a game, and there were 17 points scored by both teams in the first half at the under-12 timeout. So it was a complete rock fight. And for Alabama, who plays a lot of freshmen, to withstand that and be resilient and continue to play and continue to peak compete versus a Houston team that's older, experienced. They've had some guys that are coming off injuries from last year, but you look how good Houston was in the first half defensively and Alabama just kept playing, kept playing, kept playing. I think it's more of a test of just the parity in college basketball. Hmm. I think, I don't know if there's a team that's above everybody else. I think there's a lot of good teams and there's just a lot of parody in college basketball. And, that's what makes the NCAA tournament the greatest sporting event, in my opinion. Uh, it's just because you'll never know. And, uh, you know, even like a team like Kansas, they're kind of coming along and everyone's like, oh, well, Kansas doesn't have that traditional big where they can just dump the ball into the post. And you know now they're adjusting how to play and spacing the floor and a lot more ball movement, player movement. So I just think there's a lot of parity in college basketball.
0: Yeah, and, and, and to that point, It makes the NCAA tournament great. It makes the conference tournaments great. As if they, you know, they already are great, but it elevates that where we get into, you know, bracketology time where Joe Linardi's already got some bracketology coming out on ESPN.com and and you got the Ken Palm rankings and all that stuff as well. Uh, It it brings a lot of intrigue, I think, to college basketball, even at this point of the year where we're seeing some high quality matchups, whether it be the cross-conference challenges Or uh, the classics that are played over Thanksgiving and all that stuff leading into conference play. You know, having a lot of parody, I think, enhances college basketball even more than, you know, what it is already, which is a spectacular sport. In a way, I kind of like it to, the, the way that the tournament is, particularly with the World Cup being on now too, Matt. I don't know if this is a bad comparison or if you could see it that way. There's been some parody in the World Cup as well where it means so much to whether it be the nations or whether it be the schools in college basketball, the emotion on the players' faces after a win or a loss, you know, there there's elation in victory, there's devastation in defeat, and it, it seems like it just means so much to the players and to the universities that with a big tournament like that, it, you never know what's going to happen, and there's a lot of anticipation in it, and that's what makes the World Cup to me and college basketball the two best sporting events that that we have because... There is that parody and there's the emotion that comes along with it. It's not like they're just going through the motions and a loss is all right, well, that, that sucks. And you move on it. I mean, there's players crying, you know, hitting the floor. There's a lot of emotion in it.
1: There's so much emotion. And even in like college football, Hey, you know, right now, you know, are the four teams. They're going to play for a national championship. Well, in college basketball, it's not, that, it's not like that. And like, look at a team like St. Peter's last season, they make a run all the way to the elite eight and it's, who is playing the best basketball at that given point on that given night. And unlike football, we've talked about this before on this show, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times in football, the bigger, faster, stronger teams wins. And there's only four teams at the end of the day that are going to line up now and play for a national championship. Well, that's not the case in basketball. And it's, hey, there's 68 teams. Who plays the best basketball on a given night? It's not always the most talented team. It's the team that, that plays the best, and that three-point line is the greatest equalizer out there. So it just makes it an unbelievable sport. So many storylines, and, you know, we talk all the time, too, about, hey, the Power Fives, how can we get more teams in the NCAA tournament? And those major teams are really good, too, and that's what makes the tournament so special.
0: Yeah, they definitely are. Again, Matt McCall joining the Sports Drive now here on ESPN Pensacola. Transitioning over to the NBA, we got some good games on tonight: Warriors, Bucks, Lakers, and Celtics. That that rivalry, of course, on uh, both those games on TNT. The Pelicans also in action. And and I was talking to you a little bit before he came on the air, Matt. I, I don't think at all that I would have thought on December thirteenth that the New Orleans Pelicans would be the number one seed in the Western Conference on a seven-game win streak. They won nine out of their last ten. Zion coming back and reminding people, I think, how good of a player he actually is, Uh, maybe even playing his way into the MVP race.
1: Uh, I mean, first of all, how he's handled himself, too. And I know he had the monster dunk against the Phoenix Suns, and everyone was like, oh, you know, he shouldn't have done that, and it kind of escalated into a little pushing and shoving. but And a lot of people wrote him off. And they wrote him off because, hey, he's overweight or this or set out last year. I can't, can he sustain this? Talk about the character of him for a second, right? I mean, yeah. he's the best player on the team, and he's got really good pieces around him and Brandon Ingram and, and CJ McCollum. I mean, Take nothing away from those two guys. And I know we've talked about Brandon Ingram on the show before, but and Zion Williamson has dealt with a lot in his career and even his NBA career. He's not healthy. He's overweight, this, that, and the other. And he just goes out there and competes at such a high level. I think it's a credit to him. I think there's no question. When you look at the Western Conference, you know, the Phoenix Suns are obviously terrific. Um, you got to put them up there. Um, the Lakers are still trying to figure it out. The Warriors, you can never write them off, but I don't think there's a clear-cut favorite, and I think the Pelicans are playing at a high, high level. You got Zion's averaging 25, Brandon Ingram's getting 20, C.J. McClellan's getting 17 and a half, and then there's just really, really good players around them, like Larry Nance Jr. I mean, there's just so many pieces Man, I, I think it's a wide open race, but I just want to give Zion credit because of what he's dealt with, what he's dealt with with the media, and he's maintained that character and he's playing like one of the best players in the league.
0: Yeah, and for him to, and this is always, always interesting. And I don't know if this is, it obviously comes along with him being a, a top pick in the draft, but being so so new to the NBA still, even, you know, shortly graduating from college, I mean, only a few years ago, to have the character that, and the composure, and the willingness to to figure out the issues, whether it be with his weight, or his eating issue, and getting healthy, I I, I want to second what, what you said. It's really incredible for a guy that, there's guys who are, you know, 30, 35 years old, who still have character issues, and the way that they handle things, and the media, yeah. and criticism, and all that. So, and, and I mean, it goes to show you, the, the type of a guy that is in and, and even still it, it sounds like you know not just him but even Brandon Ingram the way that he handles himself off off the floor oh it, se- it seems like this group and you've talked about Brandon Ingram before too on the show but it seems like this not only is a tight-knit group but they've got Willie Green as the head coach who is is a former player a little bit younger a guy that can relate to the player as well I mean they, they've got a really good thing going for them in New Orleans
1: yeah, and, when, and if everyone's clicking on all the same cylinders like you're talking about in terms of Coach Green, the players, everyone, the messages being echoed through the locker room, you got a chance to do something special. When it becomes about yourself and this is me and I need to do this, and I, then you have no chance. And when you just watch them play, it's, it's impressive. And even Zion, when he goes in front of the media, like, you know, hey, that was a little out of character of me. Um, I missed out on last season when they knocked us out of the playoffs, uh, you know, and, and took some ownership there. Like he didn't have to do that. Like there's plenty yeah. of guys that dunk the ball at the end of the game when the game's out of question, and he was taking some ownership. I just think that shows the maturity level of him, and as your best player, that will bleed through the locker room, and that way it, it gives them such a chance, you know, in the Western Conference, and you know, to win an NBA championship.
0: Speaking with Matt McCall here on the Sports Drive, former head coach at UMass and Chattanooga, also championship-winning assistant at University of Florida. Uh, one final thing for you over the course, and we, we talked a little bit about the parity in, in the NBA. Is there, if you could say, one team that has been disappointing for you so far? As we are already as crazy as it sounds, almost thirty games into the season, and one team that has been, uh, you know, one one team that's been disappointing, one team that has overachieved and looks really really good who would those two teams be in your mind?
1: Are you talking about the NBA?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, sorry.
1: Well, I think obviously the the Pelicans have overachieved, right? No one was giving them any chance, and now they're in first place in the West. Um, I think you've got to look at them. I I don't know if there's been a team that's been disappointing. Um, You know, being down here in South Florida, I think when the Miami Heat are really good, uh, there's a buzz in town. I, you know, I'd like to see the Heat continue to to get better and, and, and improve. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, even the Celtics, with everything they've dealt with in terms of their coach and his situation, mm-hmm. and now Gerald Missoula comes in and the job that he's doing uh, and that they haven't missed a beat, and they are, you know, Uh, winning games left and right. I think that's really, really, really impressive for them to do. Um, And I'll count out the Warriors. I think they'll figure it out. They'll continue to win games. Um, You know, as a fan or the media and everything, I guess you've got to kind of say the Lakers are disappointing, um, even though they've won some games as of late. But I think if you look at the roster, everyone is, hey, why aren't they winning games? Like they're the same team they were last year, and they finished a certain place last year. Uh, and there's a reason for that because they didn't make any roster moves. So um, I don't think there's a team to me that's been disappointing. I think it's just, just it's going to be exciting as we move forward here.
0: One more thing for you. So I said it was one more thing, but I, I remember now. So they're, they're renaming all these awards now in the NBA, the MVP award named after uh, Michael Jordan. There's one that a lot of people, and Jamal Crawford was a little bit vocal about this one. Um, the actual NBA logo he thinks should be, and I'm, I, I've you know, been of this thought as well, that the NBA logo needs to be changed a little bit. His thought is Kobe Bryant, uh, the late, great Kobe Bryant, of course, um, RIP to Kobe. Do you think that that's something that the league maybe should go in that direction of? of out of all the players to represent and, and be the logo for the NBA, Kobe would, would be a guy that absolutely fits that.
1: Yeah, I've been a fan for, for changing the logo for a while, even though I'm a, I'm a big Jerry West guy. Um, I actually picked him up from the airport one time and drove him to Gainesville Okay, and was able to ride in the car and pick his brain. It was an awesome experience. Um, I just think as the game evolves, trying to, to do those things as well and update the logo, I, I'd be a fan of Kobe. I think it's hard to, to put Michael as a logo just because his logo is so iconic, right? <laughs> Right with Nike and everything that he does. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'd be a fan of of the logo changing, uh, no question about it.
0: Matt, appreciate the time as always. You have a, a good week. Look forward to our conversation ball basketball and the NBA that comes our way over here over the next week. It's going to be a lot of fun to follow here, and, again, we'll catch up again soon.
1: You got it, man. Thank you, brother.